The Cougars are back. Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back. Left pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU football fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Today, BYU returning home to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to face the McNeese Cowboys. I am joined by my good friend and radio analyst, Mark Lyons. And and Mark, BYU is coming off one of the biggest wins in school history, beating Wisconsin in Madison. You got to witness it. Yeah, that was great. Firsthand, the fan base is energized. The players are energized. Today should be a fun afternoon. It's a great opportunity to celebrate the win last week. If you're the fans, the players have moved on. But if you're the fans, it's a great day to celebrate what happened last week and also forget the home loss to Cal and get back to protecting Lavelle's house. Well, yeah, exactly right. It was an awesome day uh, last week in Madison and a terrific opportunity for those players to step up and become notable. And uh, But on the other hand, you come back here today and you've got a real good opponent in McNeese State. And I, I think it's an interesting matchup today. Uh, I know that... Uh, uh, this present that I know that McNeese presents a lot of challenges to BYU, and I, I'm really interested. I'm pretty excited. I know that people think that uh, there's a lot widespread in this game, and uh, they think it's going to be a blowout. But uh, I'm really intrigued to see how some things develop in this football game because uh, McNeese does enough things really well that's going to challenge BYU. Yeah, one of the things, and you'll hear this coming up a little bit later on in Cougar pregame live when uh, when I speak with Lance Gidry, the head coach of McNeese. He talks a lot about speed and how he usually, when they go into these games, that's what they use to try and that's that's their one weapon that they feel they have is speed. So I'm really curious to see how that translates into the game today. We'll certainly well, break that down a little bit more, but that's something that they bring in is is some really fast, quick athletic that's right. players. Much quicker than what they saw last week, and they are very aggressive on defense. They've got an accurate passer. And uh, I don't think they've been intimidated by big stadiums in some of their games in the past. So, yeah, I think this is going to be an uh, interesting matchup. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to today's game headlines as the Cougars face the Cowboys. These are your BYU football headlines. Headline number one. The Cougars upset number six Wisconsin last Saturday, and BYU Mark entering the top 25 in the AP Top 25 <laughs> poll. First top 25 appearance since 2015. This has been fun to be able to see BYU back in the top 25. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's really important for them to be able to stay there that because of uh, all the things that are going on in relationship to the independents and conferences and things that uh, we can't even talk about that make much difference. But the national attention is great. And the big part for me is that this is another opportunity for them to win two in a row because uh, they have to win two in a row to start getting that confidence that it doesn't matter who they are they're going to be able to have that opportunity to play in the game and beat them. And it gives you the confidence that you can do that. And then third, now you got to play like you belong. Yeah. You know, you're, you made it to the country club. Now you got to keep 
paying the dues in order to stay there and play the game. Hey, you know what? One of the program's core goals is to be ranked in the top 25 at the end of the year. That's the goal. They're happy to be there now, but the goal is to be there when the season ends. And uh, I like the fact that this team is taking that mindset. I do too. And uh, they're solid. You know, they've played really well. So you got to expect that they're going to come out and perform that same way today. Headline number two. BYU returning home to face McNeese, not McNeese State. They prefer to be McNeese out of the Southland Conference. You know, I have a problem with that. I think you can't just say, I'm changing my name. Really? They're McNeese State to me. Oh, man, you say no? So you're saying, like, if you just out of the blue today said, I don't want to be Mark Lyons anymore. I want to be Marcus Lyons. (laughs) Yeah. You would say that we we wouldn't have to worry about it? I I don't think you can do that. I just don't think you can. can, It would be hard for me to ask it because it's just. Well, because they are our guests, Mark, uh, (laughs) they have requested to be called I know. They requested it. So, So we, I think, as the hosts, should say, you know what? We will honor that request. You know, I'm going to go back to 100 years ago when we're playing San Diego State and a football game, and Greg kept saying, I kept saying San Diego, San Diego, and Greg says, you know, there is a university, San Diego, Mark. We are playing San Diego State today, Mark. Greg is in the booth with us enjoying this conversation right now. All right, so so BYU, you talk about playing an FCS team. BYU 11-0 versus FCS teams in the last 30 years. That's pretty good. You can't get any better. Well, I guess you could be 12-0, which yeah. maybe they're hoping to be today. Yeah. McNeese, if you're curious where they're from, they are from Lake Charles, Louisiana. They are 3-0 and on the season. They're also a top-10 FCS team in both the media and the coaches' poll. So in terms of FCS opponents, this is a very good opponent. Yeah, I agree that uh, that's the truth. Lake Charles is about halfway in between Baton Rouge and Houston. And so uh, I found that uh, that was kind of interesting. You know, they're close to New Orleans, and they're also close to Houston. So they get a lot of Texas players, and they get a lot of those Louisiana players uh, just by their location of where they are. Uh, you got to be ready from the opening kick. McNeese has scored, you know, they are a first-half team. They've scored 77% of all the points they've scored so far this year in the first half. So if you come out and play well in the first half, get an early lead, I do think that that's going to uh, create a little bit of a problem for McNeese to be able to catch up. They seem to be all in in the first half. Headline number three. Mark, BYU has a chance to win three of its first four games for the first time since 2014 when they started 4-0. and A win today puts BYU halfway to bowl eligibility, yeah. and it's still September. Yeah, yeah I know, and uh, it's also the end of one-third of the season after today's game. <laughs> but uh, for Independence, going to a bowl is it's your goal. You know, that is one of the big goals. You attempt to win every football game. That's the number one goal in every individual game. Win. That's number one. And then you win enough to be able to qualify for a bowl. That, in independence, creates uh, that success. And then the third part is the ranking, if you get that ranking. And so uh, I just think that uh, the Wisconsin wins. That means you can play with anybody this year. Wisconsin is a good, solid fundamental hard-nosed football team and you go out there and you play toe-to-toe with them that means you can play everybody on your schedule in that same kind of situation and see that kind of shows that in the arizona game you played toe-to-toe and you end up winning cal you played toe-to-toe 
and you didn't make that next play. So now you recognize, like you did against Wisconsin, you've got to make that last drive, get those last points, win those football games. Finally, headline number four. Will we see some new faces on the field today? Typically in games like this, you're hoping that uh, that you can play some uh, some of the youngsters. I, I wonder if we will see a quarterback by the name of Zach Wilson today. Uh, lots of opportunities, especially with the new rule that went into play this year where players can play up to four games and still not burn a red shirt. Yeah, yeah. Curious to see if everything goes the way BYU hopes that it goes. Wondering how many new faces we'll see today. Now, that's a tough thing for me to call there for you, Jason, because uh, – in the opening game last year, BYU just didn't play very well at all against Portland State, and uh, it was supposed to be a route. Uh, the, you know, the line's anywhere from 17 to 27 points, and you know, but BYU has to be interested in, just like they did last year, you've got to come out of this game with a win. You just have to have a victory against this opponent. And so to get that victory, that's really going to determine who plays and who's going to have that opportunity to put them over the top to get that victory. Yeah, it certainly comes down to BYU uh, going to work early in this game yeah, right. and then seeing what happens yeah, at that good. point. You I never, agree. You never plan on it, but you say, you know what, it's a possibility. If we do what we're supposed to do, there might be an opportunity for some other guys later there in the game. There you go. Coming up, we will hear from Kalani Satake, Ed Lamb, and Corbin Kafusi and Cougar Cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foes. We talk with McNeese play-by-play broadcaster Tom Hafer. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU back home in Provo, getting ready to face the Cowboys of McNeese. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. It's time to get to know the foe. Happy to have Tom Hafer, who calls the action for the McNeese Cowboys. Tom, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It's great to be here. Thank you. You know, before uh, pregame even started, I walked over in your booth just to say hi, and I said, what do you guys think of this view? Uh, what, do you, what do you think of this? this doesn't, there's not very many uh, views better than this one, is there? It's fantastic. We're enjoying it. The weather is great. The humidity is low, which is something that we appreciate in South Louisiana, I can assure you of. It's been, uh, you know, 90% humidity every day since uh, May, really, and uh, a lot of rain for us recently. So this is great. I, I wanted to ask you right out of the gate, Head coach Lance Gidry is now three games into his third season mm-hmm. as the man in charge. In his first season, the team went 6-5, and five, last year 9-2. and two. What are the expectations for this team, which is now in the top ten in both FCS polls? Um, you know, it, it, it was uh, there's a lot of variation in what I think people feel the team is. Uh, the 3-0 start has gotten those expectations quite a bit higher than, than maybe what they were earlier. We were fourth in the Southland Conference in uh, last season. And I think a lot of people were feeling that was kind of where we were uh, still at this point. But uh, there's definitely been some growth. Uh, we beat one of the teams that was ahead of us in the standings last year, uh, last week, Nickel State. And so th- there's some optimism and some feeling that maybe this is a team. Uh, McNeese is always a quality team. We haven't had a losing season in, I think, 14 years. So always good enough. Sometimes we have these uh, undefeated seasons that go to the playoffs and do well. And, uh, you know, there's some optimism that maybe this team is one of those. First-time opponent uh, in playing BYU, and it's got to be uh, pretty exciting for you to have that opportunity to do so. But uh, I want to ask, uh, what do you think the strength of this squad is? Because you've got uh, passing consistency. 
you've got tons of forced turnovers from that defense, and they just create a lot of havoc. Uh, the defense is the strength, and it is primarily the run defense. It's very, very fast. They're undersized. I mean, BYU is going to have a very, very substantial size advantage in this ballgame, uh, but, but the Cowboy defenders are uh, quick very quick, gaps. Yeah. very, very well-schooled. Coach Gidry is uh, the head coach and the defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator on, for, on two different occasions prior to becoming the head coach. Uh, he teaches an aggressive defense, and he will be up and down the sidelines getting in their face and emotional kind of guy. Um, if I acted like that, they'd call me immature. But Coach Gidry can get away with it, and uh, the, the players really respond to, to the way he is. Uh, it, it's defensive speed that is the, the hallmark of, of the McNeese Wow. Mark mentioned uh, passing consistency, and, and, and Tabary, James Tabary is a really impressive passer. He's close to setting some school records. Sure yep. I know his, his coach is, is a guy that he may be passing uh, pretty soon. Sure. Uh, just how dynamic is he? He's really good. Um, his first year, which would be his sophomore year, he transferred in from Arkansas State, and he just lit the world on fire, and everybody thought this is, this is really going to be something special. Last year with some offensive line inconsistencies, he did not put up the numbers that he did at the prior year. He's, um, he's been a little more like year one uh, this year, but not quite to that level. Uh, he's really good. But the line needs to be there for him, and that's going to be a challenge this afternoon. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah. You know, people just don't see that. They only see the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in regards to that, uh, tell me about the receiver core and a little bit about that tight end that's an All-American. The tight end is LeWayne Ross, and he is a big barrel of uh, pass catching and, and uh, safety bowling over fun. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, a, he's a real good player. He came as a tailback about a 250-pound tailback, yeah. uh, and uh, we, out, we obviously have a lot of depth at the tailback position. His brother, in fact, his older brother is uh, one, of the, one of the tailbacks that will play quite a bit today. And last season in training camp, they said, LeWayne, you can play every down if you move to tight end, and he immediately was a, a big hit. The wide receivers, they're a little less experienced, and that's one of the question marks on the team. Uh, do we have a, 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 you know, a field-stretching deep threat? I'm not sure that we do. Um, uh, Parker Orgeron, who is the son of the yeah, head coach that's at LSU. That's my next question. He, he and his brother Cody, <laughs> his twin brother Cody, who is the second street quarterback, uh, he is probably the best and most experienced of the receivers. He's a junior. He'll return punts as well. Uh, beyond that, it's, um, uh, it's a little less experienced group than I think Coach Guidry and uh, uh, the offensive staff would really like. I want to ask you about the running backs. And by the way, we're talking with Tom Hafer. He calls the action for the McNeese Cowboys. Appreciate him joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. McNeese will use several running backs. Sure. Is is it a running back committee by necessity or choice? It's by choice. They have the uh, different guys that can do different roles. Justin Pratt will probably get the bulk of the carries. He's sort of the most versatile of the bunch. He's a little short. They say 5'7". Nah, don't, don't buy that. <laughs> but he's thick-legged. We say Because he's thick-legged, we say his height goes out the, to the sides. <laughs> is what happened with him. And uh, he's, he's kind of the most versatile back. Um, uh, David Ham is a transfer from UTEP who is the power back. Uh, and then Ryan Ross is a guy who's got some good speed. He's coming back. He missed uh, what would have been his senior year last year, got an extra year due to, due to the injury uh, redshirt. And he's going to be kind of a speed guy. Then they'll, they'll bring Benjamin Jones in as well as a tailback, and he'll also split wide out. He's the fastest of the bunch. Well, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup today. Uh, my, you know, Tell me about the special teams. Uh, Gunnar Rayburn. Four out of five, 80%. Uh, what do you think his range is? 
Uh, he could get to the upper 40s. That's probably about the, the longest they would try. We're at elevation here, so that might yeah, help, that it might help a little bit. Kickers uh, love playing they here. They love it, absolutely. <laughs> we were in northern Colorado for our opener, and uh, uh, Alex Chelston, who does the punting and the, uh, the kickoffs, he was kicking it, you know, five and six yards beyond the back of the end zone, and he was, he was on top of the world because he didn't get that. He doesn't get to do that very often. Now, but, do you uh, golf? Uh, I used to golf oh, okay. quite a bit, and and actually, my brother used to live in Salt Lake City, and I, oh, I yeah. was able to play golf. So yeah, you with get him. the same this effect, right? Fifteen or twenty years ago, I would say. So yeah, <laughs> I, I felt I felt pretty strong that day. You know, I'm always curious uh, when when it, when an FCS team plays up a up a division, and the the approach that they take, because I mean, sometimes. It's it's flat out a payout, yeah, exactly. and, that, and that's why it is. I don't get the sense that's the case here with McNeese. McNeese has never really taken that attitude, and they've had some success based on that. And, you know, you catch people that are down a little bit sometimes. We put a real big scare into Nebraska in 2014, uh, took an Amir Abdullah touchdown, you know, in oh, yeah. closing seconds to win that game for the uh, uh, for uh, Nebraska, the Huskers. Uh, we have beaten teams like South Florida in their building and, and uh, some other FBS-level schools over the years. We've played well in most of the games that we have uh, had. And that's uh, it's not every time that we come out with a close score. We were blown out by Kansas State a few years ago and some, some others like that. But um, I, just, I think the approach is we want to show that we're good, and, uh, and th- there's a, a lot of focus based on that. And, you know, some, sometimes we'll, we'll play LSU or somebody like that, and, and these guys who didn't get recruited by them, they want to prove to the world that, hey, you know, I was good enough to be on this yeah. field. So I, I and we don't know how this game's going to go. There's there's no I have no confidence in uh, the Cowboys, but I think they will play well, or at least they'll give a good effort because they always have. Tom, great stuff. We appreciate you, the uh, the time. It's fun to to get to know a little bit about McNeese. As we mentioned, you know, one of the better teams, and not just better teams, one of the better programs historically. Uh, that uh, I think it'll be fun uh, to see them out there today. Well, I promise you we're enjoying it. This is fantastic, a great setting. We love to come to the big-time big, big time programs, and this is a new one for us. It's something unique. You guys have a very, very unique setup here. You, you can be an independent. Who, who can do that in yeah, today's yeah, game? Right. Uh, you know, So uh, it's, it's really fun for us, and we're just thrilled to be here and looking forward to a good game. Thanks again for the Thank time, you. and have a great call yeah. today. There we go. Tom Hafer, the play-by-play voice of the McNeese Cowboys. My one-on-one. Coming up with Aleva Hefo and Shep Topic next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Oh, it is a gorgeous day in Provo, Utah. We are coming to you live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Welcome in to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard, Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and McNeese. It's time, Mark for Cougar Cuts, and with all the discussion about the difficulty of the schedules that BYU has to play, head coach Kalani Satake said that last week's game, the win at Wisconsin, wouldn't have been possible without being aggressive when it comes to the schedules. There's two trains of thought. One is that you grow from winning, and the other is that you grow from knowing how to improve, and I'm probably more that, the the latter than than the earlier, but to me it's just I think winning is, is the easier part. The hard part is, is getting everything lined up so you can win and be in the position to succeed. Uh, I think that's, that's the foundation that we needed to set. I talked about this game last year, that this is this, after the Wisconsin game last year, said that we really need to get things different and better up front, and that's something that we need to hang our hat on, and it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of 
tough times, you know, but I think it paid off, you know what I mean? And now we just have to build on it. It, it does no good if we just have it show up once in a while, you know, so this has to be something that we have to build on and keep consistent. And I am thankful that we had the schedule so that we can really see where we, it's a standard that we can know how to measure ourselves. Otherwise, how are we supposed to know? You know, you know more about yourself when you play someone that can beat you than when you play someone that you, you should beat. You know, Mark, it's interesting. It's not always going to work out like it did last week at Wisconsin. I mean, the, the BYU is scheduling up. There's some very difficult schedules. We talk about that, especially the first month of the season. But like Kalani said, it gives you an opportunity to see where you stand. And then for wins like that, it validates that tougher schedule. Yeah, exactly. And uh uh, so you, you get that, and that's what he's mentioned. You know, everybody's talked about it in preseason about how tough the schedule is, and he would say, I like the schedule because it gives you that chance to beat one of yep. those teams or two of those teams. And, and if you go out there and get that upset, man, it's such a reward for the hard work that you put in. And then I also liked exactly what we were talking about. He says, but you got to do something with it. Yep. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep it going. Yeah, it can't just be the one. You gotta you gotta make this more and more of a possibility. As we talked about earlier, the Cougars right now ranked twenty fifth in the AP top twenty five, something that hasn't happened in three seasons. Corbin Kafusi was asked earlier in the week what it means to this team to be ranked. It means a lot, but more than anything it just I think it means more to the people that doubted us. And I think that's what is big for us is that a lot of people have doubted us and a lot of people, you know, were kind of unsure of things and I think we we put a lot of that uncertainty to rest yeah I mean like he said it, it probably means more to those outside the program because this team walking into this year felt like they had something pretty good yeah so I agree too that uh, it, I think it's a hard line to follow because you expect to win every game and but on the other hand, you've got to be rewarded. You got to feel great about yes. the times that you do win. It's got to be good for you, because uh, then your next big opponent, you know what it felt like to beat those guys. So uh, I do think that it, uh, you have to be excited enough that uh, yeah, we did something good. But on the other hand, we were going to do that yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's kind of a tough line to follow. Look, it's human nature to want recognition. We all want to be yeah. praised. And have somebody recognize the things that we do. And look, I, I totally understand what Corbin's saying, but there, there is something positive about somebody on the outside yeah, saying, Sam. we recognize how well you're yeah. playing right there now. There you go. All right. I think so. Yeah, today's opponent is McNeese out of the Southland Conference. As we've mentioned in terms of SCS teams, the Cowboys are and have been a very strong program. Associate head coach Ed Lamb breaks down the Cougars' opponent out of Louisiana. Big offensive line, a tough running back. They have a, excellent skill position players, and that's that's really typical of, of FCS and the Southland Conference in, in general is they've got a lot of speed down there and a lot of players that can run and catch. Their quarterback is accomplished. He throws for a lot of yardage. He stands tall and poised in the pocket. On uh, on special teams, they have already returned one punt to the, to the house for a touchdown. They're dynamic in their return games because they have a lot of speed and they take a lot of pride. And uh, defensively, they have, uh, they're, they'll be as athletic and fast in the, in the front seven and the secondary as anybody that we faced. And they've got some big, strong guys, too. They're, I mean, but maybe the biggest compliment I can pay them is this is a team that for decades wins, knows how to win, is recruited to a winning program. Uh, they've got a winning system. They've got winning systems of offense, defense, special teams, culturally. They know how to win. 
You know, and there's that word again, speed. He mentioned yeah. speed a couple of times, and we were talking when we were talking with Tom Hafer, their play-by-play guy. He mentioned how fast they are specifically on defense, and that's really where they hang their hat is on the defensive side, specifically run defense. So uh, you're going to be impressed because they're very aggressive. They run twists and loops, and the linebackers come a lot. And, uh, man, the opposing quarterbacks that they've played, and, and they've been, like I say, they've, they've played two pretty equal teams to them. And that opposing quarterback's been on the run from the start of the game, and so, uh, yeah, that's the one to be one of my keys today is you got to protect Tanner. Coming up, I go one on one with junior receiver Aleva Hefo in Shep Talk. We'll have more of Cougar pregame live after this. You're listening to BYU Football on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Coming to you live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, on the campus of Brigham Young University today. BYU back home in Provo, getting ready to host the McNeese Cowboys. Welcome back in. Jason Shepard, Mark Lyons with you. And if you will remember back to last week's win in Madison, Levahifo was part of the most memorable play from last week's win. His touchdown pass to Moroni Laulu Pututau caught everybody by surprise, especially the Wisconsin Badgers. The junior from Menifee, California, is second on the team in receiving yards and is playing a major role in the 2018 offense. Here's this week's Shep Talk with Levahifo. Since the game at Wisconsin, since the pass, how many people have reached out to you about that play? Uh, it's definitely been a lot, uh, I'm not going to lie, especially friends and families. Uh, it's been a funny thing overall just because, you know, just throwing a QB pass, like just throwing a pass in general, it's something different. I've never done it in college. Uh, last time I threw a pass was probably like my sophomore year in high school. So, so to answer your question, a lot of people have just just out of curiosity and just as a funny moment just to see me throwing a pass in general. Well, speaking of funny, now I know you've told the story, but it's a really funny story. You guys had to kind of try out for that role, right? Yeah. So tell everybody the story behind all that. Well, because like on Monday and Tuesdays is when we install plays, and that's kind of our lighter days of practice. Our first period of practice last Monday, our coach lined us up and tells us that we have a trick play in. And he has all the receivers go in and test it out. And usually it's Neil Pau who, throw, who throws all ours, Neil or Michael Simon, because they're, they're high school quarterbacks. And so that's all surprised that I was able to, to be selected for that play after we had that little throw tryout. Has it sunk into you? Now, you still have a lot of career left at BYU, but for the rest of your career and moving forward, anytime there are highlights of you, that's going to be in, in the highlight reel. I mean, are you aware how big that was? Yeah, my, my brothers are making fun of me. They're like, <laughs> people remember your, your, your good game for your past not for anything else that you did and so that, I thought that was a funny thing and I'm proud of it that's that's good I don't, I don't mind at all because the outcome of the game was that we won and I'm glad I was able to help with that and I know the coaches you know really want to push things forward to the next opponent but I do want to ask that win beyond just what it meant that day to be able to upset the number 16 what did that mean to this team big picture I think as I think as the field goal was missed I think a lot of us couldn't believe it Obviously, the reaction was, was something that we all expected, but I think a lot of people, it took a while from the process, and we probably still are processing it. I know our coaches are trying to preach to move on like we need to, even if it's a loss or a win, but I don't think that's ever going to go away for a lot of us, and we're going to remember that for the rest of our lives. How has that game and your performance propelled you into this week of preparation? Uh, it's the confidence. The confidence our offense, our offense has. But one thing that we can't do is be complacent. Uh, we just beat a, a really good team, a really good team that's really known for uh, for like hard and hard mouth football. Like and they usually punch teams in the mouth, 
And one thing that we can't do is be settled with that. We have to keep moving forward and, and progress on that. And when we play against other teams, we can't, uh, not to degrade any other teams, mm-hmm. considering with our, with our next opponent, but we can't play to their level. We have to play with that same execution every week. Well, and that, uh, you were talking about the physical play that you would think of with Wisconsin. That That's what you guys want to be like. And, you know, people think physical play, most times they may think defense, but you guys on offense want to be a physical offense. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, Grimes preached all, all week last week that, we're going to go into a, a hostile environment, and we're going to go against a team that plays that wants to punch you in the mouth for four quarters straight, and that's what they do. They kill clock. They kill time. They're a methodical team, and one of the, one of the things that stood out to me that Grimes said was, we'll test it out, and I think we did. So It's been three years since BYU was in the top 25, and I know the goal is to end the year yeah. ranked in the top 25. What does it mean to this team to have that recognition of being in the top 25 right now? Well, it goes back to being complacent. Like, like you said, we want to end that way. We don't want to. We don't want to achieve that goal at week three, and then just be settled for top twenty-five. We obviously want to keep going on beyond. For overall, for us, it's a good feeling. It's uh, to prove ourselves right and to to prove all the hard work that we've been doing, especially our off season. You know, right. So that's. I think that's a really good thing for us. And that's something that we need to, to build on and keep going forward. Last season, you, you set some career highs in receptions and, and yards and things like that. This year, you're certainly on on track to, to do even more. How comfortable are you in this offense right now? I feel really good. I, I trust the coach's schemes. I trust them for putting us in the right place at the right times. And I think that they've done a good job of utilizing all of our offensive players and their talents and utilizing them to, to what they can do, whether it's the jet sweep, deep ball passes, our running backs, like, or even just throwing passes. So I think our coaches have done a really good job, and it's a great credit for them for, for putting us in the right places. How much fun are the jet sweeps. I mean, you guys run a lot of them, and so far, defenses have had a really difficult time defending it. It's good, but it's you have to remember that it's, it starts with Tanner, and Tanner does a really good job of disguising where the ball is going to go. If you ever watch our film, some, a lot of times the linebackers and the safeties, they stand still, and the jet and the running back has already ran their tracks, and that's impressive because that's, that's all credit to Tanner from disguising it, and it's credit to the running backs and all the jet sweepers who are disguising whether it's jet sweep or run. So, but to answer your question, it's it's fun. It's something different, just getting the ball in your hand. What do you guys know at this point uh, about McNeese? Uh, I know they're one of the top teams in FCS, and like you said, you can't be complacent after a win against Wisconsin. What do you guys? What have you seen on film? What have the coaches talked to you, especially about what you'll see from their defense? They're an athletic team, that's for sure. They have a lot of athletes. Something that the players need to understand more and not try to get tied into all the outside stuff, social media stuff. Everyone's saying that we. We just came from a big win, and McNeese should be no problem. But McNeese State is going to come for it, and they're going to want to beat us just like how we wanted to beat Wisconsin. And that's something that we need to understand is to just play every play like it's like it's an opponent that that we want to beat, and we do want to beat them. And we can't be complacent because or they'll come out and they'll punch us in our mouth in our home in our home stadium, and we don't want that. Well, and speaking of the home stadium, we talked a minute ago about how one of the team goals is to be ranked at the end of the year. One of the other team goals is to protect Lavelle's house. Yeah. After dropping the home opener, I know you guys are focused on not letting that happen again, right? Yeah, it was upsetting. Uh, and the offense took a lot of credit for it. We, did, we need to capitalize on our offense's big plays and our special team's big plays. And the offense understood that we need to bounce back, and I think we did, but... One thing, like I keep saying, is we need to keep on going, and we can't settle because we have a long season ahead of us. All right, Aleva. All right, we've gone through the football questions. Now we're going to get to uh, the personality questions. This is where we learn a lot about you. So the first question of the – we call these the final four. So the first question is, what was the last show you binge-watched? The last show I binge-watched is This Is Us. 
What do you think? Okay, everybody talks about this. I have not seen it. My wife has watched it. Is it worth going back and starting it? I, I probably never would have ever watched it if it wasn't for my girl. My girl is the one that got me on it. So as I as I watched the first four or five episodes, I got pretty hooked, and I'm I'm gonna keep watching them because that, but that's the show. It's actually a really good show. People will probably judge me for it, but it's a really good show. This is us. Hey, there's no judging. There's no judging. Trust me. The ratings for it are huge. People are watching this. Yeah. You're not alone in this. Okay. Second question. If you were granted one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. I would be granted the superpower to be. To fly. Yes. To fly. That would be the one. Yes. This is this is week four, and the first three people, none of them have said flying. And I'm like, it should be flying right out of the gate. Bro, I can I can get anywhere I want at any time, any place. I can I can go anywhere. It like when I and then when I say fly, I'm referring to like like Superman. Oh yeah. To where I, to where I can go, like I can go the distance. Whereas like country, like I can go out anywhere basically. Where can, are you going? You can fly. You got the superpower. Where first place you're going is where? I'm traveling. I'm going I'm probably going to the islands. I'm going I'm going to Cabo. I'm <laughs> I'm going to chill. It's when it comes winter, I'm going to somewhere with like the beach areas where it's more like tropical and stuff like that. So yes, my man, finally somebody said flying. All right, your favorite meal is what? That's currently uh this Vietnamese soup called pho. You know what that is? Uh, I've heard it, but I don't know what it is. It's like it's like this this Vietnamese soup with noodles, and it has like a bunch of meat in it, with like vegetables, and that's just been the, my favorite meal recently. Okay. All right. All right. Last question: How has coming to BYU influenced your life? Not just the football part and being. Well, the first part is just being surrounded with the guys on this team, the guys that share the same faith as you, and the guys that grew up with the same the same environment that you've been in, and, and they can understand the background that you come from. But the the outside environment, just Provo in general, is being surrounded. In, it's it's a good place, and people come here. They have they have their own views about it. They they'll say that it's different and we're in a bubble whatever they whatever their opinions are but i like provo and the environment since being at BYU has been good i love a great stuff man i really enjoyed this conversation thanks for taking time and uh, good luck against mcneese oh, i appreciate that thank you for having me all right that was a uh, shep talk this week with receiver aleva hifo mark have you seen the show this is us <laughs> no. do you even know what it is no yeah it's on nbc um it's uh it, yeah it's like it's kind of one of those that like word of mouth spread and everybody was watching it. But, oh, wait. Uh, this is us. Is that about that family that? I don't know. Like they go back and they they look back on the the history of their family, like when they were kids, but they're adults now. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, I'm into that. You and Aleva. Yeah. You could, you could binge watch This Is Us together. Yeah, I know. Aleva's really impressed me this year. He he's seems so much quicker, and uh, when he gets on that fly sweep and makes that turn, he really gets after it. So. Uh, Good speed. Yeah. You know, it, and that's going to be a key today, uh, that fly sweep, uh, since we're talking a little bit about that. Those safeties come down so fast to help on fly sweep. I'm talking about the safeties of McNeese, and uh, they really come down in a hurry to stop that play. So that's going to be interesting to see what success comes out of that play. Well, and I, I love the fact that when I asked him about it, he said like, it all starts, though, with Tanner's play. It all starts with the quarterback disguising the way it looks. And and that's and the other thing that really stood out to me was just how much he said we cannot be complacent. Yeah, I love that because it would you know look, you just beat the number six team. Now you're taking FCS, and he even referenced that. He's like everybody would think after coming off such a big win that you it just would be no no big deal. This team's not taking that attitude, and I love that. That's what you're looking for. We'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, coming up in just about 10 minutes. But first, Mark Lyons is going to chime in on where BYU's win over Wisconsin ranks for the Cougars all time. Analyze this next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU at home hosting the Cowboys of McNeese out of the Southland Conference, an FCS team. They are 3-0 on the season and in the top 10 in both FCS media and coaches' polls. Again, this is Cougar Pregame Live. Welcome back in, Mark. It's your chance to flex those analyzing muscles as we bring the listeners analyze this. And the Cougars, their win last week at number six is not something that people are going to stop talking about for a very long time. It was a gigantic victory for this team and this program, quite frankly. But where does it rank all time in the greatest wins in BYU history? Mark Lyons, the floor is now yours. It's big. Yeah, I really think that it's big. But it does, uh, you know, somewhat impact. Uh, it, it, the impact that it's going to have is dependent on what goes on the rest of the year. But uh, I'm going to go way back to the way back machine okay. and uh, pick out 1967. I remember it well. Yeah, I don't. right. I don't. <laughs> when BYU played Oregon State, and I was on that football team as we went up to uh, Corvallis, and uh, we uh, upset uh, them 31 to 13. They had a guy named Earthquake Enyart on their team, and he was a big old running back. But uh, uh, it was a. Uh, it ended up that Oregon State was ranked seventh at the end of the year. They beat uh, number two ranked Purdue. They tied number two ranked UCLA, and they beat number one USC in that same season to end up ranked seventh at the end of the year. That was a big time deal. And the reason that I want to just express that is because uh, Aleva mentioned it also that uh, he thought that he's going to remember that the rest of his life. Yep. So 1967 was 51 years ago, and I still remember that football game and how easy it was to win that <laughs> game that day, <laughs> 31 to 13. It was one of those days when everything is going your way. It just everything just came out and flowed and hmm, hummed away and. Uh, it was great. So uh, it was a spectacular win for us. But, you know, when you talk about the great games of modern day, the Oklahoma, yep. uh, I, I always have to mention Texas A&M because Lavelle thought that was so important. And uh, the win over number one, Miami, and the national championship year, number two, three, Pittsburgh. So uh, in the end result, I do believe that is in the top five, and it's going to be the most current, the one we remember now, and uh, it's a big deal. Here's what I love the most about this. You can't make this stuff up. You were there in 1980, your first year in the broadcast booth. You were there to witness the win in Madison. That's right. This is your final year in the broadcast booth, and you were in Madison to witness the victory. You can't make that stuff up. (laughs) Yeah, well, it'll be in the movie. You know. Oh, the movie, really? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought about who you want to, to play you in the movie? I know who I w- I actually have an idea. Oh, you have someone? I have somebody that will play you, play the younger version of you, and someone who will play you now. Well, who, who do you prefer before I give you my answer? When I had my mustache, a lot of people thought I looked like Tom Selleck. Okay. But uh, I would, uh, <laughs> I would probably go with. You know, he has some football background, and we are Marshall, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. And see, he's got a little bit of that football background. Uh, yeah, that'd be my guy. Okay. The younger version of Mark Lyons is going to be played by Ryan Gosling. Oh. If And then the actor to play you now, Liam, Martin. Ne- Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm going to have okay. Liam Neeson play you now All with right. the movie. 
I'm just throwing out. I'm just throwing out some ideas. I'd have Steve Martin playing me now. <laughs> Overnight. Can you play a banjo as well as Steve Martin can play? <laughs> no. Nope. All right. Coming up, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel will join us coming up next. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coming up a little later, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. We'll get his view from the sideline, and I also have uh, – Need to say hello to Mitchell from uh, from a former teammate. We'll get to that uh, coming up uh, a little bit later. Uh, but you'll also hear from Lance Guidry. He is the head coach of the McNeese Cowboys. You'll hear him coming up a little bit later on in Cougar pregame live. But right now it's time to visit with the voice. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who now I went with the casting. Greg has got an actual name for the Mark Lyons movie. What would that be called? <laughs> well, you went off the Liam Neeson thing, right? Yes, And, of yes. course, uh, the... the Taken was the... Uh, Correct. Was the, <laughs> we're going to call his Spoken. I like it. I like it. <laughs> spoken. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Hi, Greg. How are you? Doing well, Chef. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. All right. I, I want One question about last week, but big picture. Not necessarily just, you know, looking back and staying back there. We've all been enjoying last week's win over Wisconsin. What do you think that win did for the Cougars? Besides the immediate satisfaction of upsetting a team like that on their field, what, what did that win mean for this program? Well, I, I think it set a, for this program this year, I think it set a performance standard. Uh, if you can go into Madison and win that game against that kind of team, what can't you do the rest of this yeah. season? Now, not that that's not that BYU's not going to lose another game or or have a game when someone plays better than them. But it does, in their own minds, I think, set uh, a kind of a new baseline of, of expectation. This is what you can be. This is how good you can play. And there were things to clean up, and Kalani will talk about this in our pregame conversation. It wasn't a perfect game by any means. Good enough to beat a really good team on that day. And, and I think, uh, again, it kind of sets you up for, if you can do that, maybe you can do some more special things this year. And then an overall big picture, I think, you know, you can... You can uh, throw it in a top five or a top ten in terms of what it meant and 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 uh, what the expectations were coming in, but I'm just happy for everybody. I, I'm just happy for Kalani, for most of the new staff, well, the whole staff, but the fact that most of them are new on the offensive side that, that, that they that they can see some rewards, and for the players who had to had to deal with last year and all the repercussions, had to have so many of those guys on this team the very next year to to have that kind of reward, I thought was uh, very gratifying. So I was just really happy for the whole group. Well, it was a a great trip, a great experience, and uh, I really thought he did such a good job. You know, the the third quarter jump. And for them to play that music all week long in practice, it wasn't anything brand new to them. And and not that it's overwhelming and it makes people uh, freak out that are opponents there. I just uh, felt as though uh, he was making it comfortable for them to be in that stadium, and they knew it was coming, and they were ready, and uh, it was just part of the game. They could embrace it, and they could enjoy it. Yeah. It was... and, uh, and and ultimately, you know, Kalani's theme, as he expressed with his postgame, was um, let's loosen up a little bit. And again, loose doesn't have to mean loss of focus, but it can mean for this team, Go have fun, and yeah. and and, uh, and and it's great to have fun while playing well, which is exactly which is exactly what they did. And and since they had the the week one to week two letdown, I think it's fair to call it a letdown uh, against Cal, and then to have bounced back the way they did against Wisconsin. Uh, again, it's also a cautionary tale they can take from Cal and say, listen, this is uh, this is another chance to uh, you know to to show that this is who you are. Don't let down. It, it's an FCS team, and I've already shared on on Twitter and on the air. You know, BYU's FCS history, it's perfect. Uh, you know, they're 12-0. And, and the average margin of victory is 40 points. 
in the FCS games. Now, last year wasn't that case. It was a 14-point win over one of the worst teams in the FCS last year. And and so there is that to go off of as well. So don't don't let down. Be as sharp as you can possibly be. Don't go in thinking, you know, which backups can we play? It's I think it's all about how good can the starters be and how long can they yeah. be good? Uh, I, I, again, I, I don't want to see... Uh, I don't want to see simplified. I don't want to see let up. I don't want to see anything other than sharp from the get-go, respecting a good opponent yep. and, and playing as, as well as you can possibly play. I, I just want to see a hammer go down a little bit today if you can do it. If, they, if, if the situation's there, then by all means, uh, go all out. And don't worry about um, you know who you can get in the game. I think it's a matter of winning the game as emphatically and in as dominant a fashion as it can possibly be done if that's in the cards today. Do we know about uh, Butch Pau and do we know about uh, Braden Elbakri and one more that I'm anyway that's Dian Gualaku yeah. yeah so uh, and Kalani will will uh, lay this out for us here in a few moments but he expects to see Butch and does not expect to play neither either Dian or Zane Anderson Zane Anderson oh I didn't did, didn't know he was in that situation but he said uh, no Zane and no Dian today so expect uh, Lee and Warner to start um, today along with uh, uh, Riggs Powell hmm. so the safeties will be Lee and Warner and Riggs Powell should start in place of Zane Anderson but you should see some Butch Powell today uh, no Braden L. Bakery and so uh, if they go to a true backup fullback Darius McFarland a former defender should play didn't play last week they kind of used Holker in the uh, fullback spot last week and Holker may still place him there but uh, in multiple tight end sets you may see Darius McFarland where Braden Albacri might be so no Braden no Diane no Zane today among three names of note and uh, Kalani will talk more about that in our pregame conversation coming up in a bit yeah you, you mentioned a second ago that you want to see this team come out right out of the get-go or right out of the gate and and show uh the that they're the, t- the team that played at Wisconsin. Just forget the opponent, come out, execute. The most important thing to be able to do that today against this team will be what? Well, I, th- I think you have to take advantage of what is a, a height-weight disparity in both trenches today. Uh, I, I really think you need to show that you can be the physically more commanding team. You played well against one of the more physical teams in the FBS last week. So now can you do it against a smaller, uh, shallower team in terms of just total numbers uh, in, in, in McNeese today? That would be something I look for as well. Uh, we, we saw a couple of chunk plays uh, in the run game, and I think ultimately you're going to have to have chunk plays in the pass game, and I'd like to see that today as well. I do think there will be assignment challenges today because of the movement of that uh, McNeese defense. They, uh, they do a lot of different things. They show press man, and they play zone, and so you've got to be alert to get the right assignments. And in the FCS, they are one of the uh, most tenacious Ds right now. Uh, they're very high in, in turnover margin, a ton of takeaways, guys with multiple sacks and multiple picks, and a very active team. And I've seen some very, very impressive plays made, especially defensively. And uh, and you talked about, I think maybe uh, your, your play-by-play guest from uh, McNeese um, talked about uh, LeWayne Ross, didn't he? Uh, number 40, the H-back slash tight end. Correct, six yes. Foot, six foot 264. Uh, he, jumps, he, <laughs> he jumps off the video, and he's made plays, too. He had a nice touchdown uh, last week against Nichols, I think, or was it Houston Baptist? Either way. Uh, so th- th- there are certain players that I go, oh, wow, that's, uh, that, that, that guy really uh, uh, leaves an impression. And, uh, and, and LeWayne Ross might literally do that if you don't have your head up at six foot 264. So a, a, a number of nice individual pieces, and generally in these kinds of games, it's a numbers game, and it's a height-weight game. 
in addition to uh, uh, just a talent level game, and we hope all those things uh, play in BYU's favor here uh, throughout the afternoon. Well, uh, yeah, and you mentioned it. Afternoon. It is an afternoon game. The sun is shining. Fans uh, should be here and uh, should be a fun one. Greg, thank you so much for the insight as always. Thank you, Chef. Mark, thank you for your help on Cougar Pregame Live. We'll hear both Thanks. of you coming up a little bit later on. All right, after a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar Pregame Live rolls on next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up a little bit later, you will hear from the head coach of the McNeese Cowboys, Lance Guidry. But it's time to speak with Mitchell Jurgens, former BYU receiver, the new sideline reporter for us here. Mitchell, how you doing today? Great. It's game day. It is game day. We uh, we love that. And I, I before we get to talking about football. I, I promised a former teammate of yours yesterday uh, that I would say hello to you. Uh, my next-door neighbor just moved in yesterday Okay, is Michael Wadsworth. Okay, good. Former BYU safety yeah. moved into the house right next to mine. We are now next-door neighbors. Uh, I I'm was jealous. I was helping him. And uh, when I say helping him move in, I was probably more uh, supervising because he had quite <laughs> a bit of help. I was, I was there in the vicinity. Uh, but I told him I would say hello to you, so hello for Michael Wadsworth. Hey, we'll tell him hello back. Um, I'm I'm jealous, as as I mentioned. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's got to be one of the most loyal friends. So that is, that is awesome. Well, there there you go. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's talk ab- ab- about last week's win. And I know that the players, the team, it's all about moving forward. But that was just such a big win. Everybody is so excited about what that win meant. What can a victory like that do for a team over the course of a season? Man, it can do so much. Um, they, you know, This team now has the confidence that they can not only compete, uh, but beat any team in the country. Uh, the more I reflect on the win last week, the more I'm impressed with how well BYU played against the Badgers. Uh, Wisconsin was, and I still believe, is one of the best teams in the country. Um, they have the NCAA's best rusher uh, behind one of the be- most dominant lines in the country. And BYU came out and went toe-to-toe with them um, and then finished the game and came away with a victory. Uh, these, these players and coaches now know that this team is for real. Um, you know, all offseason you train and believe that you can be one of the best teams in the country and that you can beat anybody. Uh, but until it actually happens, deep down you may always wonder if you really are that team. Um, so with the win last week, BYU, BYU knows that every single team who shows up on the schedule for the rest of the season, if they prepare as well as they did against Wisconsin, there's no reason that they can't beat any team they face. I, I want to talk about the offense. We've now seen in two of BYU's three games that the offense – Man, it thrives when it gets everybody involved, moves guys around, and it, and it executes at a high level. And that really is probably the, the biggest thing to focus on is the execution. What else stands out to you about how this offense is evolving now heading into week four? Yeah, number one, it seems like everyone is becoming much more comfortable with the offense. Um, anytime players have to learn a new offense, which is what they had to do for this year, it takes a few tries for the players and even the coaches to understand how to best execute the offense with the personnel they have. 
Um, and after last week especially, it just looked like the flow of the, the pre-step motions, uh, the routes, the blocking assignments, and the way Tanner managed the game, um, it just looked very smooth and organized. Um, and, and number two, I think Coach Grimes has figured out how to call the right plays at the right time and for the right players. Um, there are a number of players who I feel are being used the way they should be used in this offense, uh, specifically Squally Canada, Aleva Hifo, Moroni Lolu Pututau, um, and the O-line. I mean, the coaches have recognized the strengths they can bring to the offense and is use it, utilizing them to perfection. Um, and the more the other players step up, I, I trust that the staff will know how to incorporate those players into the scheme in order to see the offense execute at its highest level. Um, so I think, I think the players and the coaches have done just a great job at seeing those strengths and, and using them to win games, uh, which will continue to evolve even as the season progresses. You know, I, I just love the fact that Tanner Mangum has, you know, has thrown passes. I mean, in a drive, you could have a, a pass thrown to Talon Shumway and then Gunnar Romney and, and then Dylan Colley, Aleva Hifo. I mean, it, it's Moroni Lulu Pututel. There's so many guys that get involved. And, and that's, like I mentioned, in the, in, the, in the win at Arizona and in the win at Wisconsin, everybody was involved. And I, I just think that makes such a, a huge difference that, that everybody's kind of invested in it. And, you know, look, it's absolutely human nature to not view a team from the FCS like you would the sixth-ranked team in the country. I mean, that's nobody would fault anybody for thinking that way. But the players and the coaches have all said we can't think that way. So how do you avoid that if you're BYU? Yeah, well, first off, I, I mean, I think BYU should know better than anybody that significant underdogs can win a game. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, BYU should recognize that McNeese is in a very similar position this week that BYU was in last week with Wisconsin. Um, so if they can keep in, in their mind that McNeese is treating this game as potentially their most important game of the season, uh, which... Um, which they most likely are, then they're going to know that they're going to come out very strong despite being the underdog. Um, and, and no matter if you're a Division One team or an FCS team, you're going to have great athletes who can rise to the occasion and compete with whoever they line up against. Um, so as long as BYU can keep that in mind, they'll come out and treat their warm-ups, their pregame rituals, uh, whatever else they need to do or usually do against a different team the exact same. Um, so even though McNeese is an FCS school, and, and as I mentioned before, you know BYU should know better than anybody that right. McNeese can show up today and turn some heads as an underdog. So I, I think BYU is aware of that and will keep that in the game plan to um, come out strong tonight. You know, we were talking about the offensive execution and, and how well the offense were, was moving in, in the win at Arizona and then the win at Wisconsin. One of the biggest reasons, maybe the main reason, uh, that it's been able to, to get off to a fast start has been the run game. And it's been really successful in both of those victories. Squally has been very impressive. What's been your impression of the guy, not just Squally, what's been your impression of Squally, but also the guys behind him, Lopini Katoa. I, I'm really high on him. We even saw Riley Burt last week. Yeah, um, I'm very impressed with the run game as a whole and, and the guys behind him. Um, I mean, the, the other guys have obviously taken more of a supportive and spot role in the run game just because Squally has proven that he can take the lead role and be effective. Um, but, w but from what I've seen from the other guys, I, I am impressed. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Lopini Katoa. Uh, we've probably seen him most after, you know, after Squally. And I, I feel like he's the most versatile back out of the backfield that BYU has. He's got great vision. He's a tremendous pass catcher. And from what I've seen, he's an absolute workhorse in practice. Um, I was, I was also really excited, you know, as you mentioned to see Riley Burton get, 
get in the mix last week. He looks strong. And if something were to happen to one of the guys I previously mentioned, I think Riley would step up and perform really well. Um, but, you know, part of the run game that has been very, very successful and that we've seen a lot of is receivers getting the fly sweeps and, yes. and using that to um, to BYU's offensive advantage. And Aleva Hifo, I mean, has he's so quick and is so explosive, and I love seeing him get the ball. Every time he does, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for, you know, which guy he's going to make miss. And so it's, I mean, it's very impressive. The run game is, has been very strong, and, and I'm excited, excited to see where that goes um, here in the future. You know, when you look at this matchup, I mean, it's a surprise to nobody that BYU, from a size perspective, is is going to tower over McNeese. I, I mean, I, I really think if BYU can stay as physically dominant as we know they can be, I just I just don't know. Even with the speed that McNeese has, I, I just don't know how McNeese can even compete with the size and the physical play of BYU today. Yeah, and that's and that's what we hope. Um, it's you know on paper BYU should win this game and and most likely will. Um, but, you know, I, I think what the fans want to see tonight and, and what the coaches and the players want to see is uh, we want to see dominance. Um, we've won some games, but it's, it's been a while since BYU has um, really put the hurt on a team and just and, and score points and, and look like they just can't be stopped every single time they touch the ball. And, and so that's something that I'll definitely be looking for in this game today. I want to see them rolling. I want to see them run, you know put a ton of points on the board and, and, and the defense basically shut down this offense because uh, they've got the capability to do so. Without question. He is Mitchell Jurgens, sideline reporter. You will hear him on the broadcast with Greg and Mark coming up. Mitchell, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time as always. Hey, thanks so much. All right. On the other side, we go across the field and talk with McNeese head coach Lance Gidry. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and the Cowboys of McNeese. Speaking of McNeese, earlier this week, I talked with their head coach, Lance Gidry. Here's our conversation. All right, Coach, have you ever been to the great state of Utah or specifically Provo? I haven't been to Provo, but when I was a sophomore I'm sorry, my junior year uh, as a football player in 92, we traveled to Weber State and we, we had the 11th game of the year and we had to win the game to go to the playoffs. And uh, luckily for the Cowboys, we did. Uh, they had a really good quarterback named Jamie Martin yeah. at the time. So, uh, yeah, that's the only time I've been. But I think McNeese has played over there at uh, Southern uh, Utah once or twice. Your team is 3-0. and I know you got to like that. You're a top-10 team in both of the SCS media and coaches' polls. What do you make of your team that will head west to face the Cougars? Well, I think we've got a fiery group. Uh, of course, we've always played with a chip on our shoulder around here. We're kind of blue-collar. We always have been. It's just part of our, our tradition and history. Of course, we're used to winning for a long time around here. So, um, you know, I like this team. I think this team's got a great attitude. I think they're hungry for success. And uh, especially being left out of the playoffs last year, being 9-2, and two, I think we're the first team in FCS history ever to be left out with nine wins. So I think they've uh, got that, you know. That's why we have a chip on our shoulders. So I really like this group. I think we're playing good football, but, of course, we've got to play a lot better to try to handle up on BYU, of course. For those that may not necessarily know a lot about McNeese, 
Why don't you give everybody kind of an idea, because not only are you the coach, but you are also a, a player. What's the history of McNeese football? Well, I grew up about 30 miles from here, so I watched a lot of McNeese football probably in the heyday, in the late 70s, early 80s. We had some great players over here named Leonard Smith. Leonard got inducted to College Football Hall of Fame a couple years back. He played with the Buffalo Bills in the four Super Bowls. He was a starting strong safety. They had a quarterback named Stephen Storm was a punt returner for the Chicago Bears when they played in the Super I'm sorry, for New England Patriots when they played in the uh, Super Bowl against the Bears. Keith Artigo was a punt returner for the Bears. So we've had a bunch of great players, a um, bunch of good teams. We used to, Of course, we were in FBS before they split up the FCS, so we played in bowl games. But in the 90s is kind of where we became a, more of a name when Coach Kiesler took over, and we started getting this thing going, and we played in, of course, two national championships, one of multiple conference championships. So... Probably from the 90s on, we're probably the wingest team in Louisiana. It's over LSU in that time period. So great tradition of history of winning. Football is our culture, almost our religion down here. There's really no other sport that matters to our people. We've had a lot of success for a long time. Of course, a lot of people don't hear about us until we get in the playoffs and things like that because LSU is always going to carry the bigger market. But a couple, about three years ago, we played against Nebraska and we almost upset them. So a lot of people, we got media attention from that. But uh just a good people in this area, and we've got really good football. Talking with McNeese head coach Lance Gidry here on Cougar Pregame Live. Coach, I've been really impressed in your senior quarterback, James Tabery. Really impressive guy. He's in the process of breaking some school records throwing the football. What can you tell our listeners about this young man? Well, James is, a, of course, he's a transfer uh, from Arkansas State. and he Coming out of high school, he had East Carolina and Arkansas State, and he went there, and they kind of switched to a little bit of a spread dual threat type program so we end up getting him on the rebound as a sophomore and he started at a great year sophomore last year not too good but this year he's playing really good we made uh changes on the staff uh quarterback wide receiver coach switch spots uh, and uh to really help james out it's, it's been wonderful we we're game planning and helping him out a lot he's just been really successful but there's a lot of people around him uh that are helping him be that of course the running back tight ends wide receivers so uh I feel like we got a good football team, and James is distributing the ball like he's supposed to. I'm always curious, Coach, how head coaches who play up a division view games like this. How do you approach scheduling a game like this and playing a game like this? What, what's your What's your mindset going into something like that? Well, my mindset, this is just me as the head coach. I, I don't decide on the games, the AD is the one who calls around and tries to get the games. And they're hard to find because less and less people want to play us because of us beating South Florida, of us beating Middle Tennessee, and people like that. So it's hard. But if it's up to me, I'd rather play somebody that is going to try to bully me around a little bit uh, because they're going to kind of do what they do and not try to game plan you as much. And we like that, you know. Uh, but somebody that's up-tempo – like next year we play Oklahoma State. I don't like that game at all. <laughs> it it kind of cancels out what we got. We got speed. So when you play an Arkansas, when you play a Oklahoma State, a TCU, they go really fast. They got great athletes, and they kind of, you know, they kind of cancel your speed out. So I rather go against somebody that's bigger than me, try to be physical with me because I feel like we can blitz and we can move people around and try to, you know, cancel out their bigness with our speed. So, but the mindset of our kids. They like playing up. They like being on a big stage. They like proving that they can compete, you know. So they play up to the competition they, they normally have. I'll be surprised if we don't play well. I'm not saying we have enough gas to beat BYU, but I think we'll put on a good show, and I think the BYU fans will be impressed with the product that we put out on the field. 
What do you make of this Cougar team? Obviously coming off one of the biggest wins in program history, upsetting Wisconsin and Madison last week. When you look at this team, what stands out to you? I see that they're a direct reflection of their head coach. You could tell he, on the sideline he has a bunch of passion, and the game is important to him, and the job's important to him, and the university's important to him. And you could see that through the players this year. They're playing very hard for him. Uh, I really like what they're doing offensively. Uh, it's giving them a chance, I think with their personnel because they've got good tight ends. They're long. So I really like where they're headed. You go into Wisconsin and you beat a team like Wisconsin, that's a big feather in your cap. So I'm really happy for the program where it's headed over there, especially after all the preseason, you know, hot seat and all that. So I'm happy for Coach. And uh, this is a big coaching fraternity. And uh, I'm just happy for him. And hopefully we can come in there and we both get better as a football team. I know that's what he, he wants to do. He got a big game next week. We have a conference game next week. So hopefully we both play better than we have last week, and it's competitive. Coach, you're a defensive guy. I know you take pride in having your defense play at an elite level. How do you feel you match up defensively? Because you were talking about speed versus physicality, and you like that matchup. How do you think defensively you match up with what BYU wants to do on the offensive side? Well, they have a bunch of shifts and motions, which keeps you from a, a it keeps you from doing a lot of different defenses because of what they do. So you know, my background is is high school. I grew up. Of course, when I first started coaching, I GA'd a year, but then I went in the high school ranks for four or five years, came into college, went back to high school to coach my son. So I kind of cut my teeth in high school football. And in high school football, you've got to make sure that you handle the formations and you line up correctly. And it's no different in college football today. You've got to coach on the sideline. You've got to adjust the formations. You've got to make sure you line up right. You can't coach out of a playbook, and I always say that on defense. If you're coaching out of the playbook, you're not going to be able to make the changes on the sideline you need. So I think my high school background helps me out a lot. But we're going to have to stay simple because of all the shifts and motions, and, and they're trying to create chaos and make you be undisciplined. So we have to execute and be very disciplined in this game. And if we do that, we're going to give ourselves a chance. If we don't do that, then they could get away from us quick. And it could be ugly. <laughs> Lance, it's kind of one of those funny coincidences that Heath Schroyer was obviously an assistant coach here at BYU. Now he's the head coach of the McNeese basketball. Have you and Heath talked about BYU at all with each other? No, we haven't. He's trying to get his program in order. And, I mean, if they got any – well, I should have asked him about that uh, former basketball player, that big defensive end, if he knew anything about him. Yeah, Corbin Kafusi. Yeah, he's a handful, coach. But no, we hadn't. I've been so busy this week, and uh, but we, you know, when he came in, we had a, we had brief talkings, and he's been trying to get that program back on track. And we've got a brand new facility he's moving into, so he's gonna have a. Hopefully, he's gonna put in a good product in that facility. And uh, I know the the community's very excited because he has a lot of passion, and I think he's got a chance to do really well here at McNeese. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed this. Looking forward to this matchup on Saturday. Safe travels, and uh, hopefully you enjoy your time in Provo. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was Lance Gittry, the head coach of the McNeese Cowboys. Cowboys on the field as we speak, warming up, getting ready to take on the BYU Cougars. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live comes your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. We welcome you inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on this first day of fall 2018. As today, the BYU Cougars showcase their brand new national ranking as they drop down a division to face one of the top teams in the FCS, the 9th and 10th ranked McNeese Cowboys visiting the 25th ranked Cougars as BYU looks to keep intact its perfect record against FCS opposition. Since the adoption of Division I's two-tier system in 1978, BYU has gone 12-0 against the second-tier teams by an average score of 48-8. to Greg Rubel here with your play-by-play call, assisted as always by my good friend and broadcast partner, the BYU quarterback from back in the day, the Arvada Flash, the legendary <laughs> Mark Lyons. And Mark, uh, what a difference a week makes. Uh, coming off that disappointing home set back to Cal, BYU went into one of the most uh, formidable venues in college football to face one of the most physical and dominant teams in the game and came away with the win. BYU knocking Wisconsin out of the top 10 and propelling itself into the top 25 for the first time in three years was arguably the biggest win of the independent era and uh, one of the best and most satisfying in Cougar football history. It was a big win, Greg. I agree. And it was a team win. It was a great day that day. Uh, BYU was physical and tough, and the thing that I was impressed about is they were physical and tough through the whole game. They didn't wilt it all in the fourth quarter. They didn't back off. They uh, played that way through that whole game. It was an old-fashioned rock'em, sock'em football game, and BYU came out with a win. You know, and it's such an improvement over that, uh, that home game just a year ago when uh, BYU was going against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin just completely dominated them. BYU passed the test. That's the thing. And this year, they're stronger. I think they're faster. They're more physical. The national attention is great. And so now, you know, it doesn't ever end. Now what are you going to do to make me happy? Well, you got to keep it rolling by winning two in a row, something that hasn't happened since the 2016 season. So uh, two in a row really helps you get that confidence that you can go up against anybody now comes the next test BYU struggled to beat a poor FCS team in the opener last year and here's your chance today to come out and improve their play against a good FCS team in in McNeese McNeese Uh, I'll go with McNeese (laughs) I'm excited to see how well they can play this week because uh, it's a chance for them to come out and improve You know, and every week, players and coaches are being tested. It's a little unfair because it's not like an exam in the classroom where the teacher and you are the only two that know what your score is. You're being tested by 60,000 fans here in the stadium, hundreds of thousands of people watching on TV and listening on the radio. It's a tough assignment. And to play well and win, I think it's a hard thing to do. Today, they get that opportunity to come out with two-in-a-row wins, and be able to improve a little bit. I'll tell you what, Greg, it's a perfect day, though. And here it is, an afternoon start. Got those colors changing on the mountain. Oh, a unique opponent. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and what he has to say about today's game as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Today in Provo, it's the first ever meeting between BYU and McNeese. Some call them McNeese State, but their preference is for the one-name reference. So we'll go with McNeese, one of the top teams in the FCS, ranked ninth and 10th in that division coming into today's game. They're coming off a home win over Nichols, which beat improved Kansas to open the season so FCS beating FBS and then 
McNeese beat that team. McNeese has one of the best FCS QBs and an aggressive defense that has been gobbling up takeaways through three games. Of course, BYU's a heavy favorite facing an FCS top 10 team at home one week after beating an FBS top 10 team on the road. But instead of planning on uh, this game being one in which you can clear his bench and simplify the playbook, Kalani Sitake in our pregame interview brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. He says that's not how he thinks. No, we're not. No one's thinking like that right now. And, and uh, um, I'll, I'll usually stop that kind of talk right away. And so, yeah, we're, we're aiming to, to play everyone the whole entire game and, and expecting a big fight from them. So I think the focus has been for us to respect our opponents and be ready. But more than anything, we haven't played our best game yet. So this would be a good time for us to do that. And um, made a lot of mistakes in the past, but just really executing. Uh, we just want everything to be clean. It's, it's against, uh, you know, we're on our fourth game now, so we should be a lot better and be further along on all three phases and just need to see a cleaner, executed game. You guys know it's not Wisconsin, but you want a Wisconsin-like effort, the one you gave last week. Yeah, that has to be the, the key every week, you know, and so uh, I, I think for the most part we've had really good effort and the guys have played hard. It's just uh, last week we felt a little bit more loose and a little bit more relaxed. I feel like we did a good job with, uh, this week with the preparation where our guys can feel a little bit more loose just like we did last week and have more confidence going into this game. But we had to have the same mindset of uh, just playing hard but also having fun with it. And so that's a, that's a goal. I felt good about the, the week of preparation, and, and we'll see how it pays off on, on in this game. It's a long season. You don't want to rush anybody back early. Uh, but are you any healthier this week uh, than you were maybe last Saturday? Uh, we've had some guys banged up a little bit. You know, we'll see um, Butcher play. Uh, I think we'll have uh, other guys not play as much. Zane Anderson will not be playing, uh, hoping that he would be able to be on the field, but it doesn't look like that. And then Diane, uh, uh, unfortunately, isn't going to be able to play the, uh, this game as well. So, um, you know, Sawyer Powell had to step up. Austin Lee and Troy Warner will start the game. And, and um, I know Sawyer and, and Tanner Jacobson and Isaiah Armstrong, those guys will be ready to roll as well. All right, on offense, uh, you didn't have uh, Braden last week. Uh, is he able to go today, or maybe is it a day for Darius McFarland to get some uh, fullback snaps along with uh, Dallin back there? Yeah, unfortunately, um, Braden won't be playing this week. And uh, for health reasons, we want to be safe with him. Um, looking forward to hopefully next week. Um, but, yeah, Darius McFarland will fill in for him in the fullback role. And, and uh, Dallin Hoker did a little bit of that last week anyway. So yeah. uh, whenever there's an extra tight end in there, that, that we can assume they're probably taking place of, of what Braden usually does. Okay. Where do you want to be a little sharper than maybe you were last week? Because you, you, you had a really good, uh, a really good uh, game and, and a great result, obviously in, in Madison. I think just sustaining drives and um, and finishing them. You know, what I mean, we had we had some drives that didn't end in points, and and I think for uh, defensively on offense, just sustaining drives and getting points on the board. On defense, um, getting out of third downs, uh, especially the third and long, um, you know, and, and and playing sound in the red zone. So if we look at those those improvements on. Offense and on defense, I think we should be fine uh, making tackles on defense and special teams. And special teams wise, just uh, keep doing what we're doing. I, I think we have a lot of faith in Skyler and and his uh, ability to kick from a long distance. You know, and I probably stood in the way of him being able to kick more field goals. But um, any way we can get points on the board and and have a mixture of of my aggressive going for it on fourth downs and his ability to kick field goals, we'll, we'll have a, a mixture of both. You guys made one change last week in the starting five up front on the O-line, and that was Keanu Saliaponga getting in and, and getting a start, and I'm sure you're really pleased with how he performed. Yeah, really happy with those freshmen that are, that are contributing all, you know, throughout the whole yeah. the whole team, but I'm happy that Keanu mm-hmm. played there. I think you you heard it from Coach Pugh where he said that it's probably going to be the worst game he has, ever plays as a, as a Cougar, so 
Uh, we're looking for good things from him and, and the other old linemen. I know that Schof and the others will be ready to roll too. So um, you know we have a, a, a deep group at O line, and I know there's a lot of guys that we can trust there if we need to rotate. McNeese is a team that has scored an, uh, a touchdown on their opening drive in every game this season, and you guys don't allow opening TD drives. Mississippi State was the last team to score a TD uh, on their opening drive against you, but uh, they're a pretty explosive team, McNeese. They are, and a lot of athleticism and speed, especially in, in the skill positions, and so we have to be on top of it. We, we can't just give them any uh, free, free plays. Uh, and so uh, basically being assignment sound football is what we need to do on all three phases, specifically on defense, being able to cover guys. And then we have to develop a pass rush and get to the quarterback. Um, I know they'll do a lot of quick passes to keep our pass rush at bay, but and in order for us, when they do a five-step or do a play action, we need to get to them and disrupt the timing. If I think we do that, we can get some turnovers. What jumps out from their film? Oh, just the, the speed and athleticism. And they have a lot of belief in them and, and what they can do as a team. You hear from their coach, and, and, and uh, I think it, it affects the rest of the group. They've had success. They're ranked in the FCS level, and they've played some really good football so far this year, and we're expecting their best shot. We just need to make sure that we counter it with ours. You and others on your staff have, have coached years in the FCS. You know what uh, kind of reputation McNeese has at that level. Of course, and we've, we've had uh, you know, we have coaches from the South that, that know that the type of athletes can, that come from there. and uh, So we're like I said before, we're expecting a good game from them. Uh, really, more than anything, we need to make sure that we show up and play our best game of the year and uh, looking forward to seeing our guys play. First day of fall, afternoon football, sunny Saturday, nothing yeah. better. Got our fans here. You know, it's not it's not late in the evening, so there's plenty of time to watch the game and get ready for church tomorrow. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, good luck today, Kalani. We'll talk to you post game. Thanks, Greg. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU and McNeese continues right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house. Same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers and by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo. Happy first day of fall to you all as we get set to see 25th ranked BYU get to hopefully get to 3-1 and on the season, hosting the 3-0 and Cowboys of McNeese. The visitors from Lake Charles, Louisiana, playing their 11th game against a team from the state of Utah, having gone 3-1 and versus Weber State and 4-2 and against Southern Utah. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons with you here in our broadcast booth. Our on-site engineer is Barry Squires. Our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our pregame halftime postgame host, Jason Shepard with us here in the booth down on the field shortly is former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business, rounding out our broadcast roster for today. BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Nathan Israelson. Our broadcast interns today are Brigham Harris and Blake McMullen here at the stadium, Sterling Richards and Lindsey Peterson back at BYU Radio. We are live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, cross-country on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 via satellite, and in northern Utah on 89.1 FM HD2. We are also heard on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM, and on 
our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Idaho and Utah. You can stream us online at byuradio.org and byucougars.com slash live radio and on the BYU Radio and BYU Cougars apps. Each segment of today's game, that's pregame, quarter by quarter, and postgame, also gets posted on our play-by-play archives at byuradio.org and on the BYU Football Podcast. Lots of ways to listen, and we're very grateful that so many of you enjoy the game with us on the radio, over the air, and otherwise. Well, Mark, as you've said, it's a great day for a football game, (laughs) but there haven't been as great days at home here as fans would have been accustomed to over the years. BYU has lost five of their last six home games. No way. It's true. At the same time, the team has put together a four-game away win streak. That's the longest such streak in nine years. So it's time to get on a bit of a roll here at home now. Four of the next five are here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium, including today's game, and then every game in October. Wow. That's great to have won four in a row on the road. But that you just can't handle losing five of six at home. You know, those, those numbers are unusual. Uh, there should be an advantage to playing here in Provo, physically and psychologically in today's game. Nice comes from sea level to play at 4,550 feet. You know, and uh, when you do that, players start to think about oxygen deficiency. And uh, so a lot of times they, everybody uh, worries about it. They bring oxygen to their sideline and... I do think that they start to huff and puff a little bit. McNeese played before 13,000 fans last week at their home game, and they're going to be over maybe 60,000 people here today cheering, supporting the Cougars. Those cheers really do give the home team a boost. McNeese traveled for hours to get here, stayed in a hotel that they're unfamiliar with, ate at an unfamiliar place, had team meetings in modified rooms, and sat around until they get here so you, you spent most of Saturday just waiting around. And then they get to the stadium and think, holy cow, is this how the other way, the other life lives? <laughs> so the home crowd can definitely give their team encouragement after a successful play. They get that emotional lift. I would expect BYU to be buoyed by their home crowd. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break and after this reminder that after this, that during this season, BYU Football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Lavelle Everett Stadium in Provo. 2-1 BYU home to 3-0 McNeese. Both teams nationally ranked in their respective divisions. BYU 25th in the AP poll. McNeese 9th and 10th in the two main FCS surveys. Cowboys have won two of their last three meetings with FBS foes at South Florida in 2013 and at Middle Tennessee in 2012. They lost a close one at Nebraska in 2014, their last game against an upper-tier team. They actually began a game with LSU in 2015, but uh, lightning and thunderstorms uh, just canceled the game, cut it right off. In last week's win at Wisconsin, BYU passed for a modest 120 yards but ran for almost 200 yards and actually had a very efficient day on offense, 6.1 yards per play on just 51 plays. Normally, snapping so few plays does not bode well, but 51 was enough to get the job done. BYU's yards per rush was an exemplary 6.8 yards per carry, and for the first time this season, BYU had explosive plays. A pair of 40-yard-plus scampers by Squally Canada 
BYU now doesn't have a pass play of 40-plus yards yet. The Cougars are one of only 15 FBS teams without a 40-yard pass play. And, Mark, it's true that uh, Tanner Mangum is being told to take real good care of the ball over almost everything else right now. But uh, once BYU is able to open up a few more things in the throw game, I think this offense will really get humming. Well, <clears throat> I really think that's the truth, and, and that's what I think has to happen today. I think that uh, teams are going to start loading up in front and putting a lot of people up at the line of scrimmage. And in doing so, they're going to force BYU to have to throw the football. So BYU's run game is great, as you just said. But they, uh, they, carry, they did a great job against Wisconsin. Now they have to be able to come out and do it against this new-look defense. Now, McNeese plays a very aggressive defense up front. They're going to twist and loop in their line, and they're going to bring linebackers a lot. They've got a great inside linebacker named B.J. Blunt, who's got five sacks so far this season. They're very quick to get through gaps. I'm really intrigued to see how well BYU is going to be able to take away that advantage that they get by shooting through gaps and bringing linebackers and pressuring the quarterback. It's really important that they protect Tanner Mangum and give him time to throw. Uh, They have so many quarterback hurries, which leads to a lot of those interceptions that they're doing so well in. The last thing that uh, I think is important is that uh, the defense mostly plays press man-to-man coverage. And so that gives BYU, they're going to know who's got who, but they also have to get some receivers to break free. And McNeese does that out of a 4-2-5. Time for a break and time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. While a team is legally set to attempt a field goal, the potential holder for the kick goes toward the team area asking for a shoe. A shoe is thrown onto the field, and the player in motion toward his team area turns toward the goal line. The ball snapped to the kicker, who then throws a pass to the player who had turned up field after asking for a shoe. Is this a legal play? The answer coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from the Bellabridge Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Lavelle Everett Stadium. BYU and McNeese coming up. First up, the answer to today's NCAA football rules question, and you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. And here is today's football rules scenario. And, yes, this scenario comes out of the rule book, just in case you're curious. <laughs> uh, let's pause before we get to that for today's national anthem. Let's hear it. now to that football rules scenario while a team is legally set to attempt a field goal the potential holder for the kick goes toward his team area asking for a shoe 
because that happens. <laughs> a shoe is thrown on the field, and the player, in motion toward his team area, turns toward the goal line. The ball is then snapped to the would-be kicker, who throws a pass to the player who had turned up field after asking for a shoe. Is this a legal play? And the answer is no. 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 It's a 15-yard penalty for unfair tactics. According to Rule 9.2.2.C, no equipment may be used to confuse opponents. You know what a shoe is? That's equipment. <laughs> you eat the judge presented by Legally Mind. Speaking of kickers, let's talk about the BYU special teams. And, Mark, uh, they've been pretty, really good. Uh, both coverage teams have been excellent. Uh, punt efficiency off the charts right now. And Skyler Southam, perfect on PATs and made a 45-yard game winner last week, even when things don't go perfectly. Last week's low snap, for example, on that 45-yarder. Well, Gavin Fowler saves the day with a great hold. So special teams have been, well, pretty special. You know, everyone forgets there are four parts to that field goal, and uh, it starts with the snap. So if that snap comes back low, uh, as a holder previously in my lifetime, the lower snaps are more difficult to spot than a snap that you get up, say, at your numbers. And so Gavin did a great job to be able to take that low snap, quickly get the ball uh, upright, and soccer kickers kind of like a little bit of a lean on the ball also. And you have to get the strings away from the foot so that uh, you don't kick the strings that makes it a tail. So the first part is the snap. Second is the hold. And then third is the kick. And kickers are just remarkable at how accurate they can be. I loved watching that TCU kicker from, from years ago when we were down there. He put the ball on the furthest part back of the end zone and then kicked it to try and hit the uprights of the goalpost. And he would aim and he would hit that uh, time after time. He was hitting the goalpost by kicking it. And then fourth is protection. And uh, you've got to keep everybody out. You've got to kick that football in less than 1.2 seconds on a field goal attempt in a PAT. You've got to get the ball back to the holder in 0.9 seconds or better. So all of those things come into play when you're making a field goal attempt. By the way, Ralph Sokolowski did the research, and since Lavelle came on board as head coach in 1972, there have been 12 games in which BYU's won by three points or fewer, and the last score of the game was a BYU field goal. And of those 12 occasions, the 45-yarder from Skylar Southam was the longest game-winning field goal since 1972. So that was no chip shot, and Skyler did well to win that yeah. game for BYU last week. Coming up, we'll hear from sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens as our pregame coverage of BYU and McNeese continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and McNeese coming up. Both teams here today coached by former players for their respective teams. Kalani Satake, of course, a former BYU fullback. McNeese's Lance Gidry was a Cowboys defensive back back in the day. Mark, we've talked about uh, the BYU offense and special teams. The defense deserves a shout-out. The Cougs yeah. have yet to allow Absolutely. They've yet to allow as many as 24 points in a game so far this season. The young DBs are getting a lot of good reps. D-line demands a lot of attention. They play a lot of guys, too. And a ton yeah. of different guys right now are making plays. Boy, the defense has been solid. <clears throat> the front seven and their backups, you know, have been tough physical players. They're gritty. They're just, they just get out and like getting dirty. And Taki Taki was great last week. Tonga holds the line so well. You know, I don't want to say names because everybody's played so well. But uh, the guy that I think that uh, I'm most surprised about is Zane Anderson. And now he's not going to be able to play today. That's too bad. But uh, he's really become a very smart good outside linebacker of course Kafusi is a big guy on the end so the defense is the secondary 
they've had a lot of opportunity to play a lot of different guys so far this season in those three games. And so that really helps in a game like today because it looks to me like I think McNeese is going to throw the football more than other opponents have so far this year. And I think that secondary is going to be tested. And the fact that, uh, that they've had a lot of players out there playing in the secondary should be able to help them today. Time to bring in Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And uh, Mitch, uh, we're three games in, and we're still waiting for the first wide receiver touchdown catch of the season. I think we're going to see one today, if I could say. But as a group, I like them. Hefo, Kali, and Romney making up a nice top trio right now. Yeah, you know what? How about touchdowns from all three of them tonight? <laughs> um, and, you know, I really do think it's time for BYU to start airing it out and finding the deep pass for the rest of the season. Um, They haven't needed to rely on it because the run game has been so strong up to this point. Uh, But you don't want teams to be able to just stop the run to stop the offense. Uh, So in order for this not to happen for BYU, they need to get comfortable throwing the deep ball and finding that part of their game. Um, And tonight is the perfect night for that. Thank you, Mitch. Mitchell Jurgens down on the field. Coin toss and kickoff along with Marks. Ken Garf keys to the game coming up. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.